the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. As Christians, when we face an uphill battle in life, we we should be placing our trust specifically in God, the only one who can possibly lead us to the promised land. On today's Way of Grace broadcast, Pastor Jessica Stand will point us toward our only reliable source of help and comfort, Jesus Christ. We're enjoying a series in the book of Exodus called Rise, Move, and Go. With today's broadcast from Grace Bible Church in Hayward, here's Pastor Jessica Stand. Behind this magic of this God coming out for them, of which they went, aha, these are our gods. That's called deception. There was a lot of energy put into that process. Isaiah chapter 44, starting at verse 17. I'm going to show you what happened. Now, Isaiah the prophet lays this out. I want you to get this because a lot of people are so super lazy, they're not willing to study even when you put the data in their hands. Am I making some sense? Say, hey, watch this, read this, study this, and you'll see it for what it is. People are too lazy to understand that the mechanisms and the processes are acute and they are rigorous and they are constant until it's time to implement them. And when they implement them, they are radical in their nature. This is why you can't actually answer to why a policy can be implemented and then the change is so absolutely massive and pervasive. Well, it's because the seeds were already rooted before the policy was implemented. Are y'all hearing me? We're talking about idolatry here. Start at verse 16. This is the man that makes an idol. He takes a piece of wood. Start, start with me at verse 14. I want to walk through this. He takes a piece of wood and he hews down a cedar. Now, why a cedar? Because it's very good wood for making idols. Cedars of Lebanon are very fine woods that you can carve and shape and they have durability. Am I making some sense? He cuts down cedar. He takes the cypress and the oak, which he strengthens for himself among the trees of the forest. He plants an ash. In other words, once he cuts the tree down, he takes the other part of it to start other trees. He plants an ash. And the rain that nourishes it. So I want you to get the irony. This is a story of irony. He's taking God's creation, cutting it down so he can reform it into something else. Okay, look at the next verse. I want to walk through this. Here it is. Then shall it be for a man to do what? Burn. Because that's what you do with trees. For he will take thereof and he'll do what? Warm himself. Don't we cut trees down? Particularly in the day when it was nothing but wood. Right, he warms himself, yea, he kindles it, yea, he even fixes his dinner on it. Now, God has given him the tree to do that. You know, make your house, right, make your boats, 
Trees are wonderful metaphors of the utilitarian nature of God's goodness in our life. But then notice what it says. And he bakes with it. He cooks his meal on it. He makes a God out of it and worships it. Do you see it? He make it a graven image and then he falls down thereunto. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we call the noetic effect of sin. I've been teaching this forever. This is when you are stupid enough to think that the thing that you created is worthy of your bowing down and worshiping it. Do you see it? Look at the next verse. Let's keep walking. I got to get to a couple more verses. He burns part of it in the fire. With part of it, he's flesh. This is called repeating the narrative. This is a narrative. He's repeating it to help you understand how stupid he is. He burns part of it in the fire. He uses it to, to make food. He, 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 roast, uh, he roasted the roast, and he's what? Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm full. I'm warm. And he says, aha, I'm warm. I've seen the fire. He's sitting there cold at night. He's warming himself in the fire. You see that? All of the appropriate, practical, utilitarian purposes of wood. Notice what it goes on to say. And the residue thereof, what does he do with it? Makes a God. Even this graven image, he falls down unto it and worships it, and he prays unto it. What does he say? Deliver me, for you're my God. This is where our world is today. This is where my world is today. Buying into man-centered ideologies that come from godless individuals who have sown into our culture for hundreds of years antichrist systems. Okay, and people don't pick up on it because they have levels of practicality that make you feel good. Y'all got time for me. Right, because right now in your culture, you and I are living on convenience. Like there are so many things that are at our convenience that we wouldn't want them taken away. You know what I'm saying? A lot of things at our convenience. A lot of things at our convenience. By the hard work of taking material goods, and transforming them metabolically into something that we can use. Now, if those things were taken away, guess what we would find ourselves doing? Struggling emotionally and mentally and psychologically. Would we not? Do you know why? Because we have transferred our allegiance from God to those things. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Is that true? But we don't act like it. We will tear the world up if we don't get to have our way. See what I'm talking about, you guys? Men and women are psychological slaves, and the enemy way above us knows that. And it will give us all of these unique fads and gadgets that give us, watch this now, conveniences. Conveniences. And then it will enter into the psychological tactic of taking a few things away from us to agitate us and and turn us into Pavlov's dogs. We start salivating for those things that we are used to. And this is how you become a slave of it. Now, let's go on. on. This is a little bit more for you to catch. Because the irony here is for you to get. Verse 18. Verse 18. They have not known, nor have they understood, for he has shut their what? God has blinded men and women who walk in that idolatry. This is why it's so hard to talk to them. This is why it's so hard to talk to him. He hath blind, he has shut their eyes. Are you guys hearing me? This is what God says. If you don't want to hear me, then I'm going to shut your eyes. If you don't want to obey me, I'm going to shut your ears. This is what Jesus experienced when he came. Jesus is the revelation of the invisible God. He comes to his own people and they don't receive him. 
And he told the disciples in Matthew 13, this is what Isaiah said. In hearing, they would not hear. In seeing, they would not see. Because if they heard and saw, then I would convert them and heal them, and they would walk with the true and the living God. Am I making some sense? Hear this. Watch this. This is important for you to get. He says, they cannot see in their hearts that they cannot what? Right. A lot of people don't understand what's going on. And, and so your struggle in mind is trying to breach the language gap and then help reorient people to understand what's taking place. Am I making some sense? You can't be frustrated about it because this is fundamentally the gospel. Let me make one more point on it and then I'm going to move on. We do say that men and women are by nature spiritually blind. Would you agree with that? All right, so I don't want you to be upset with me when I'm pushing this out on its application level. And I don't even care if you're upset. I'm just saying you shouldn't be. Because when we understand the propositions of the gospel, it itself is offensive to people. People are not just naive. People are not just weak. People are not just sick. People are spiritually dead. And they're spiritually blind. And to share with them that their problem is spiritual blindness and that they're spiritually dead so that not only can they not see, they don't care. When you're spiritually dead, you don't care. That's a problem they can't solve on their own. But it doesn't allow you, lazy Christian, not to do something that God is calling you to do that is fundamentally a miracle. God is calling you to speak into their life. Because the inherent miracle is that the word is able to quicken them. You don't get to say, because they're dead, I'm not going to say anything. Because they're blind, I'm not going to speak. That's why Jesus came. Didn't Jesus speak to the dead? Didn't he speak to the blind? Didn't he speak to the lame? And didn't they rise up and walk? The other thing that has happened is our gospel has been stripped of power. So people don't believe in the power of the gospel. They don't believe that God can open the eyes of the blind. So we don't share because we're trapped by that same idolatry. We want to be comfortable. Am I making some sense? Sure I am. Listen to it. That they cannot understand. I want you to catch the closer. Look at verse 19. Notice what it says. And none considers in his heart. This is so true. Their commitment to this world system and all of the deviations and this incremental tearing down of our society and the chaos and the Gotham City manifestation. Aren't we experiencing Gotham City everywhere? Everywhere. Listen, they don't consider in their heart Neither is there knowledge or understanding for them to say. Now, you know what? I burned part of this wood in the fire. I have baked bread upon the coals thereof. I roasted my turkey and my ham. I've eaten it. And shall I make the residue thereof an abomination? See it? This is God allowing us to hear the soliloquy of the man who is coming to some sense that what he's doing is worshiping the works of his own hands. Do y'all see that? That's the kind of revelation you and I want to occur with people. We want them to go back and reflect, wait a minute, I'm bowing down to a false god. See it? Now watch this. I'll make the residue thereof an abomination. Shall I then bow down to a tree? See how reasonable that is? Look at verse 20. Verse 20. Notice what he says in verse 20. He feeds on ashes. That's what he's doing. This is why Moses broke up that idol, scattered it on the water, 
the ashes on the water and made them to do what? Drink it. Because he wanted them to viscerally experience their betrayal of the true and the living God. Especially since a couple of weeks earlier, everybody was worshiping around the true and the living God, eating and what? Drinking. Because God gives us feasts, doesn't he? He gives us spiritual feasts. He gives us practical feasts. And we love the Lord's food, do we not? But the food of the world will kill you. Now, a lot of times you've got to eat your own poop to realize that it's your own poop that you're eating. I know it sounds bad, but I can tell you it's worse than it sounds. When you're turning the creation into a God, which is what's happening with artificial intelligence at its highest levels of strategy, to make artificial intelligence have all the qualities of God, so you don't need God, you just go to AI. Are you hearing me? This is where we are today, and it's all, the statistics have already been done. I'm, I'm deep into the statistics now around the world. China's ready to do it. They can't help it because they have been trained to be slaves. They love their technology. They love their computers. They love their programming. And because they have been stripped of the higher level of human relationships, which is what's happening in America. See, uh, Americans are experiencing the same thing, a separation of relationship at the acute level, and we are becoming much more comfortable with technology as our relationship. Am I making sense? Am I making sense? We're actually scared to be intimate, scared to talk, scared to breathe on each other, scared to wrestle it through, when in the beginning it was not so. All you had in the beginning was each other. All you had was one another. You had to hang out with one another. You had to eat together. You had to spit on each other. And God gave you a marvelous immune system, adaptive and innate to deal with all of that. It builds you up. They drank from the same cup. They ate from the same table. These are our cultures all around the world. There wasn't individual plates. You reached your hand in and got some. And God blessed it. And here we are now needing to isolate into little bubbles because we're scared to death of the other. That's incrementally developed because of the idolatry we have. So listen to what he says. He feeds on ashes. A deceived heart has turned him aside. Do you see? His heart has been turned aside. That's what God told Moses. Israel has turned aside. Notice what he goes on to say. That he cannot do what? He cannot do what? He cannot. Please go back, please. He cannot deliver his soul, nor say, is there a what? See, so when you tell them that they're buying into a lie, they can't believe it. No, I'm not buying a lie. You're buying a lie, but I'm not buying a lie. Am I making some sense? They don't want to embrace the fact that they bought a lie. But God gives grace to the humble. He will resist the proud. See, one of the ways you can get out of the matrix is say, help, Lord, I bought a lie. That's how you get out. You will never get out that matrix if you think that you're not in it. And all of us have been in that matrix. All of us have been deceived by that matrix. And the only way you're going to get out is if you continue in my word. Sanctify them in thy truth. Thy word is truth. If you are my disciple, you will continue in my word. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You cannot come out of this matrix without God's truth 
breaking open the framing that you have bought into and showing you what's behind it, like I'm doing right now with you. You will never come out of it. Because what you have to do to come out of a framing, a, an ideology, and this is like being in a cult, and it is a cult because it is a religion. It's not a science. Everything about it is anti-science. It is alchemy. It is historic witchcraft being employed at the technological level. And these are demon-worshipping institutions. And they're overt with it in the music industry. And that's because so many people are much more emotionally driven than they are intellectually driven. Am I making some sense? But it's working in our politics, it's working in our law enforcement, it's coming up through the education system. As I showed you guys on Friday, the perversion of that little boy called Desmond, did you see it? They're celebrating the transformation of these kids. See, that little kid is an idol now. He's a false god, constructed in their own image. He's a lie because he is not a girl. You can't, a girl can never be a boy. A boy can never be a girl. A man can never be a woman. A woman can never be a man. It cannot happen. So you have the choice of embracing the appearance of a facsimile and calling it reality. But what we know is occurring when you do that, you are unreeling yourself. This is a psychological term that means you abandon reality for a falsehood and you live in the myth rather than in the reality. And a lot of times they threaten you to go there. He cannot deliver his soul because there is a lie in his right hand. See it? Point number two, let's keep working. Point number two. So we already got the people cry, Aaron lied, and then the people what? That's verse 25 of your text. Look at it again. And when Moses saw that the people were naked, for Aaron had made them naked unto their shame before their enemies. Then Moses stood at the gate of the camp and said, who's on the Lord's side? See, it's on now, isn't it? See, this is where Moses is going to have to struggle because what's about to happen is that Moses is about to find out that God's a just God. And here's what he's got to struggle with. And he said unto, the, uh, unto them, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, put every man his sword by his side and go in and out of the gate and go through the camp and slay every man his brother and every man his companion and every man his neighbor. And the children of Israel did according to the word of Moses and there fell of the people that day. How many people? So just in case you are uh, you're not sound in your capacity to grip scripture, this was not a uh, kill fest. This was not some kind of havoc, some kind of mayhem or chaos. This was strategic. Do you understand what I just stated? This wasn't some kind of kangaroo court, some kind of gorilla just launching from behind a tree and killing somebody irrationally. This is finding everyone who openly rebelled against God and they were persistent in their rebellion. That's called justice. See, in this stuff that you're seeing today called justice, it's not justice at all. It's indiscriminate. Innocent people get hurt in this. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Can I teach? What you're seeing today is people be harmed because no longer are people being viewed at the individual level. People are part of systems now. That is Marxism, to eradicate personal autonomy. 
So now that you're part of a system, then the enemy feels like it can come in and kill everything that's part of the system. This is why God told you in Exodus chapter 21, you shall not follow a multitude to do evil. It is unjust to kill someone who was not directly engaged in the crime that might have justified a killing. That is even worse criminal than the person even being somewhat complicit or or, or passive. We have court systems that know how to deal with that. And then they still need a court hearing to prove whether they were there. And then we need to examine whether or not there was intent and malice accomplishing that particular crime. Am I making sense? This is why Jesus is the ultimate judge and he's coming and his reward is with him and he'll give every single man according as his work shall be. But what you got going on in this Marxist madness is killing whole groups of people. And when you do that, guess what? You're actually killing your own. I'm going to try to help you with just one. There's no possible way, no possible way that reparations can be just and earnest in our present situation. First and foremost is because the present group of people didn't do the harm. We would still argue that every soul that sinneth, it shall die. Other folks are not going to die for you unless it's Jesus dying as your substitute. But apart from that, justice is going to seek out every single individual. Am I making some sense? You don't take folks who did something 400 years ago and then punish their uh, descendants who are four generations in front of you. You don't do that. Here's the other thing. I'm going to help you with this. All right, just bring it on down. Here's the other problem. This idea of reparations and, and wanting to pay things back. We get that. That is a redemptive paradigm. The Bible says if a thief steals, let him pay it back. And then your stupid reprobate government will facilitate ignorant people in reparations. And we're going to give you millions and millions and millions back. We, the government. We, the government, we, the government, like the government generates money, like the government makes income, like the government has the ability to uh, generate resources. Guess where you're going to get the money from? Us, us, me. My own people are going to plunder me in order to get money. They are thinking it's coming from somebody else. Am I making some sense? But when you're deluded, when you're deluded, you don't know how to reason through. That's what that text said. They don't have understanding. They're emotionally driven. They're not operating out of rational logic. Am I making some sense? All right, let's go on because there are other things I want to lay out here in our text. So we see it under point one. People cried, Aaron lied, people died. And then Moses tried. Look over at verse 33. This is what Moses is. And Moses is talking to the Lord and uh, and over in verse 31, and Moses returned unto the Lord and said, oh, this people have sinned a great sin and have made them gods of gold like God didn't know. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin and if not, block me, I pray thee out of your book, which you have written. Nice try, Moses. No. So he tried, didn't he try? Lord, kill me. Nah, see, this is what I'm trying to get at for you, saints. One sinner can't atone for another sinner. One sinner can't atone for another sinner. It requires a righteous person to atone for an unrighteous person. 
And that righteous person has to be able to atone for all your sins, past, present, and future. Now, that takes more than a mere human being that requires a God-man who can undergo the eternity of your rebellion against God. He needs to be able to bear your sins from beginning to end, from eternity past to eternity future, because in the eyes of God, that's what we are by nature, transgressors. We need someone who can take all our sin and be laid on him and bear them away in his own body on the tree. Am I making some sense? And as far as I've looked, it's not you and it's not me. We are out of time today. We'll close our program out here and pick up where we left off next time we're together here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand. Thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. We trust it was profitable in your walk and relationship with Christ. Our goal here at Way of Grace is to make sure that you are growing in Christ, that you are living a life worthy of the calling that has been placed on your life from the gospel. If you have questions, comments, prayer requests, as always, you're welcome to reach out to us here at Way of Grace. Our phone number is real easy. You can reach out to us at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. You can also reach us at our website, grace-bible.com. And you can email us from that website as well as find out more about us, who we are, what we believe, worship opportunities. In fact, our worship opportunities are really quite simple. Sundays at 1030, we meet here at the church in Hayward. We also have a Friday evening Bible study at 630 and then a Tuesday evening prayer and Bible study at 630 as well. For more information, again, grace-bible.com or call 510 510- 886-9782. Reach out to us by mail if you want to write 22768 Main Street. That's 22768 Main Street, Hayward, California. The zip code is 94541. As always, it's a pleasure spending time with you here in God's Word, growing in His grace. Until next time, may Christ be your way of grace. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.